0: Sissy, I have a question for you. Queso or guac?
1: Well, I'm used to us asking that question, but not answering it. But I think I would choose queso.
0: How would you feel about queso being central to your dinner tonight? Oh, I love that plan. Thanks to one of our sponsors, that can be your reality. Factor is helping me make red pepper queso chicken tonight.
1: That sounds amazing. I love Factor. I just made a green chili pork and pico de gallo bowl.
0: Did it bowl you over?
1: Yeah, it did.
0: With Factor, you'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including Keto, Calorie Smart, Vegan & Veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go.
1: Two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are.
0: Snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more.
1: Sign up and save. We have done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious.
0: Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Flexible for your schedule? Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime.
1: No prep, no mass meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed.
0: Head to Factormeals.com slash RBG50 and use code RBG50 to get 50% off.
1: That's code RBG50 at Factormeals.com slash RBG50 to get 50% off. Hey friends, welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff.
0: And I'm David Thomas. And
1: I'm Melissa Trevathan.
0: And we're so glad you joined us for this conversation. Let's dive in. Cynthia Yanoff is a wife, mom of three, blogger, and the host of mesmerized podcast. She loves Jesus, her family, foster care, and having lots of people around as often as possible. Cynthia believes God is found in the real life, everyday moments of parenting, marriage, friendships, and everywhere in between. We've been interviewed by Cynthia in the past, and it was fun to turn the microphone on her today. Enjoy this conversation.
1: Cynthia Oh, my gosh. You guys, we're here. We're here. It is such a treat to get to sit down and talk with you. Between the two of us, we've probably done six interviews I bet you we've done six or seven. I would guess. I mean, we're two seconds in. I just knocked my water over, and I'm grabbing my phone. So I feel like we're off to a very strong start. (laughs) I agree. Totally. Uh But it is so fun for us to get to turn the tables on you and get to ask you questions. Oh, my gosh.
2: You guys. Okay, well, I was going to read you a text, but I'll just tell you basically what it said. I was telling one of my dear friends about coming here to do this, and I'm like, I'm like giddy. I'm a little nervous and I'm never nervous. And my friend texted me and she's like, tell them how much I love them. And then I got $100,000 worth of therapy from an $18 book that I bought from you guys. And I was like, that is a perfect way to say it. Like, What you guys do is unbelievable. And so it's taking everything I have not to like, let me ask you all some questions because I interview (laughs) you guys a lot. So um, here we We are. We get to ask you all the
1: questions. So let's start off with you talking a little bit about your family, about the work you're doing.
2: For sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking. So, you know, I used to be a lawyer back in the day and um, did that for many years. And then like the Lord kind of called me out of it, not directly into what I'm doing now, but now I podcast, which Mm -hmm. is why I get to be with you guys, which is so fun. I podcast. I just um, have written my first commercial like trade book. And and then um which is called life is messy Oop. god is good yep yeah Great and reminder. then um yeah so that's super fun and i speak do all the normal stuff but um it's interesting cuz i went from being a lawyer to, and I was like, oh, gosh, man, that was a waste of education. Sorry, Mom and Dad. And then I realized, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, a podcast is literally just a deposition. You just ask questions wow. and listen to people and ask another one, right?
1: And well, so, let me say, I've done a deposition not on that side of it. And you're much kinder when you interview people <laughs> than a deposition mm-hmm. ever feels.
0: Much more enjoyable yes, deposition. Yes, yes, I think
1: we did that together way
0: yeah. back right, in the day.
2: Right. So, but yes. anyway, so yeah, and then I have, um, I've been married for 23 years mm. to Mike. And then we have three kids. Everyone brace yourself. We have a college kid. We have a high school kid and we have a first grader so yeah so I we've got a it. big span Whatever, and the age difference is what between this i like like two and three okay so 16 and seven so okay. yeah so there's a pretty and then the oldest one is 20. so wow. yeah it's been a an adventure a fun, but yeah yes. a late adoption in the game Aww. and so i mean guys got a sense of humor you're gonna like mm-hmm. be doing like room mom and menopause like at the same time <laughs> it's, it's it's great it's that good is stuff awesome. everyone good yes.
1: stuff yes
0: yes <laughs> We're going to circle back to those amazing kiddos, but we want to first talk about your books. So yeah. I'm going to say the title again because I love the subtitle, too. Life is Messy, God is Good, Sanity for the Chaos of Everyday Life. Mm-hmm. And will so you talk good. about just why you wrote the book and what you hope folks will take from it?
2: Yeah. You guys, as someone who grew up in church, I think I got to this point Mm -hmm. in my life where I felt like there's the God things and then there's everything else Mm -hmm. and how things had to be cleaned up and look a certain way in order for it to be meaningful or significant. And I realized like, the Mm -hmm. thing is, is that 90% of my life is not cleaned up. It is not on script. Definitely not when you have kids like that. The wheels (laughs) fell off. Absolutely on that. And so then I'm like, okay, how is it, like, if we're going to have a theology, we've got to have a theology that meets up with reality. Mm. And so, like, if what I'm learning on Sunday doesn't mean anything Tuesday and carpool, then we got yeah. a little issue. So in my, for me, the last several years have been this thing like, God, I know you're in this. How do I see this? Teach me to see you in all the things mm. and teach me to not feel like it has to be cleaned up and perfect and postable before I can actually say it's significant. And so mm. I just wanted to, I wanted to be real. That's yeah. all I kind of know is be real, lay it out there, but also just really laugh. And so my prayer is that it's really funny and real and like whatever it yeah. is, like life is messy. It is off script. And so let's figure out, like, where is God in that? And how does, like, what we believe, where does our theology, where does it intersect with the reality of every day?
1: Mm. You know, as you're saying that, that's so funny because that is certainly been my experience of you. Every conversation oh. I've had. You are so real and you're so funny.
2: Oh my gosh. But at the well, same great. time, which I'm so grateful for. Thank you for, for saying that. Oh, you know, it reminds me, if I can share a little something with you, I have yeah. a friend who, um, I tell the story sometimes, and I think it's just a metaphor of life for all of us, but she was in charge of, like, helping new families at the school get to know existing families, and mm-hmm. she had this pool party and invited all these new families and existing families, and so she was in her suit, bathing suit, because she was getting in and out of the pool, and near the end, some came up to her and said you know hey your bathing suit seems a little bit see-through and she's like oh it's just old navy don't worry about it kind of laughed about it well she went to at the end of the party to go change back into her dry clothes and she realized that morning she had put on her tankini top never put on her bottom she was wearing her granny panties at the pool party no 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 yes she she did you guys and i tell (laughs) you i tell you the story because it's so horrifying right but it's kind of this metaphor i think for life and kind of why i write the book like There are parts of you in life that you didn't maybe even know you had, much less planned on parading about town, right? (laughs) Like, isn't that the truth of it? But so so true. That's my hope, is that we can kind of laugh at these. Like, yeah, there's some stuff that came along I didn't know I was going to do. I didn't know I was going to react that way. I didn't know my marriage was going to look certain ways, Mm -hmm. and my kids, and my parenting, and honestly, some really rough patches in the faith, too, where I've had to step back and
1: be like, okay, this wasn't planned, but God's good. Yes. Well, that ties into the next question I would love to ask about where do you see the goodness of God in the messiness of parenting? Yeah. I think the goodness of God comes in
2: perspective. I mean, mm-hmm. I think now that I've been a mom, and it's kind of funny because I get another crack at it, right? But we're all these years later in a park into parenting. I'm 20 years in, mm-hmm. and now I've got like a first grader again, and like, I died on so many ridiculous hills, you guys, that I'm like, <laughs> why? why did I care uh, about that? Yeah. But I would say this for me, with, I think... Uh, my son, my middle son, he's in high school now, but when he was like in kindergarten, or first grade, I got a call that they were putting him in the reading club and he he couldn't he wasn't reading well and, and I like lost my mind. Now you guys can have a whole nother podcast talking about don't do this people. <laughs> but like when they called the teacher like very innocuously like, he's behind a reading, we're gonna get him extra help. I heard, oh my gosh, like he can't read, so he mm. won't make it in this school. He's not gonna graduate and he'll never get a job. So like let's make him comfortable. Right. Like I went down yeah. this insanity <laughs> sure. road, you guys. Yes. And so then um I went to go pick him up and I have like tears in my eyes and he jumps in the car happy. He's like, hey, best day ever. I got put in the reading club. And he explains all the great things his teacher have told him. And we're like, thank goodness she got to him before I got to him, right? <laughs> That's like, right. thank goodness. But now yeah. all these years later, he's in high school, everyone, he he can read. So let's be right. thankful for that. But here's what I would say. The, the goodness of God in that is that during that time, I prayed and prayed and prayed that the Lord would take away his learning difficulties. I prayed that the Lord would make him such that he wasn't pulled out. He didn't stand out differently from other kids, that he didn't have to struggle on this. I prayed all these things. And now what I know— those are the very things God has used to create him into who he is now. Yes, yes. I would have stripped it away. Like I yes. didn't want that road. I and like now when I'm like, he is different, he's a different kid because he works harder than anybody because he's always had to. Yeah. And he's empathetic and compassionate, all the things you know about mm. these kids. And, and no, like the road hasn't been easy. There's been learning differences. There's been so many challenges along the way, but I'm just so thankful the goodness of God for me comes in being able to have the perspective to say, okay, thank you, Lord, for not stripping away what you were building in him even though it didn't look like I wanted it to
0: mm. Gosh, I yeah. love your perspective Me on too. that Thank you. Thank you. Me too. we have long said we talk about a lot just in all the years we've been doing this work, kids with learning challenges and kids with chronic illness are some of the most resilient mm. kids out there. Be- yep. And it's everything you name. Mm-hmm. Like, they wake up with more challenges every right. day. They have higher hills to climb. They have more hurdles to jump. And they end up being everything you said so often. Yeah. They're empathetic. They're compassionate. They're aware.
2: Absolutely. I love
0: the way you spoke to that Absolutely. and that reminder.
2: But I don't know if I could have heard it back then. Yes. Mm. But you know what I mean? That's the goodness yeah. of God in the perspective. Being right. able to look back and be like, oh, Okay, if I could, you know, so if anybody needs to borrow that from me, let me let me offer you some perspective. If you can't see it in the moment, like just trust a mom who's a normal, ordinary mom who's gotten it wrong more than she's gotten it right. But that God is good in this and he's present and he's faithful. I love that.
0: Thank you, David, I love that candle you're burning. You seem to always
1: have a great candle burning.
0: I am very aware of how room smells. When you've spent over a decade with a 75 pound Labrador Retriever and two teenage boys, you start to (laughs) worry that your house smells like the inside of a gym bag.
1: I would imagine so.
0: You know what I wish we'd had for the last decade? What? That Puro Air purifier we now own and use all the time.
1: I love my Puro Air too. Did you know that indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air?
0: Yes, I lived with two teenage boys. I can 100% testify <laughs> to that.
1: In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room.
0: Gases from a preteen boy?
1: <laughs> I'm dreading when my nephews start making those gases.
0: Just you wait. Thankfully, Puro Air uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT.
1: You wouldn't drink unfiltered tap water, so why would you breathe unfiltered air?
0: Thanks to my Puro Air purifier, I feel like I can breathe again.
1: Check it out at GetPuroAir.com. That's dot com.
0: One more time, GetPuroAir.com. Check it out now. Sissy, I loved seeing your pictures from the weekend at the lake house with your college friends.
1: We had the best time.
0: I could tell.
1: We laughed harder than I have laughed in a long time.
0: Good for you.
1: That photo of us out on the porch is thanks to the great folks at home Threads. We love our new porch furniture. It's so comfortable, functional, and looks incredible.
0: We have loved our home Thread purchases as well. I feel like I'm staying in a swanky hotel every time I use our new towels. Connie bought them for when we have guests, and I proceeded to use them for myself, so we had to buy more.
1: <laughs> Parents, are you ready to transform your home into a haven for your growing family? Look no further than HomeThreads, your destination for stylish and functional furniture that's perfect for raising boys and girls.
0: At HomeThreads.com, discover a curated collection of furniture designed with your family in mind. From durable bunk beds to versatile storage solutions, our pieces are as resilient as your little adventures and always at the best value.
1: I need a lot of durable furniture when it comes to my little nephews.
0: Yes, you do.
1: Create a space where memories are made and imaginations run wild. Go to HomeThreads.com RBG and get 15% off your first order.
0: Home Threads. shop today and love where you live. Okay, we want to ask you about the journey of fostering. We're so excited to have you talk some about that Mm. and would love to ask you just through that journey, what have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about your kids and what have you learned about God?
2: Right, right. You know, it's one of those things like when we felt the Lord was laying foster care in our heart, we were like, oh, surely not. Mm. Like, that's for like, you know, the really spiritual people. And like, we're not those people. Like, you know, we've got like, you know, the dog that barks too much. We've got the kids that play select sports on Sundays. Like we're, no, surely. Uh, But, you know, people say like, how did you know you were called to it? And it's almost like, how would I have not known? It was that obvious. Like when the Lord calls you to something, and, and for me, it's foster care. Wh- whoever's listening, when the Lord's calling you to something, which he's calling us all to something, it's it becomes very obvious. Like every mailer that came in was on foster care. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Why does the junk mail say foster care? Uh, every sermon, every podcast. Wow. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so my husband and I, very— um, drag your fetish, if you will. I mean, I remember literally saying to my husband, I just don't know if I can do all the forms. And my husband's like, yeah, you were a lawyer. I bet you can. I was like, oh, yeah, good point. I I
0: can. <laughs> now that you
2: mentioned, I think I can do forms. But the beauty of that was like, we went into it and I was kind of just sum it up this way. I could talk for three days about all that was involved, but I always sum it up this way. We went into it scared of what it was going to be. We were scared of it financially, spiritually, emotionally. What was going to do our bio kids? I mean, you tell someone you're going to do foster care, you guys, and everyone has a cousin's best friend's aunt that had a foster kid that nearly killed them, Or something that like horrific. Truth. And yes. you're like, what? Please don't um, tell me that. Don't tell me that yeah. story. But we went in scared of what it was going to do to us, and we came out as a family scared of who we'd be if we had not done it. Mm. Like... Wow. That's what God does when He calls you into these things. Like, you can drag your feet right on into it. I, I mean, I think that the Lord can still honor that. I know He can because I've done it. And in the midst of it, He changed us. And all the places that I would have wanted to keep my kids out of, all the parts of town we hadn't been in before we were in, sitting in CPS offices with kids with everything they own in a trash bag, watching kids waiting for parents that didn't come or did come but were, um, were not well. And watching all of that... Praying over a crib of a baby we didn't even know, just crying out for Him. Like, you're not the same on the other side of it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there's so much to say. Yeah. It, uh, but I would also just say, like, in the midst of it, God's there. And and yes, we ended up adopting, as as we know now. We adopted. But we got the kiddo. Yes, that's amazing. But really, we got God. Like, we got a version of Him we had never really, I don't think, sought after and had. And it was incredible. Wow. Wow.
1: Well, so parents who are listening who might be considering fostering, what encouragement would you give them? What encouragement would you give parents who are in the midst of it and maybe?
2: Yeah, I would say if you're praying about it and about foster care, you're thinking about it, if it's kind of laid on your heart or any calling, whatever you're being called to. I would say, my pastor says it best when he says, God moves at the speed of your next yes. Mm. I think that's it. Like, God moves at the speed of your next yes. And I would just say, listen, it doesn't have to be a, like, resounding yes. Like I just said, we gave a reluctant yes. We're kind of like, okay, Lord, I guess. And God is faithful in that, and he will show up. And so I just want to encourage you that um, if you're seeking after the God things, then it's time to do that. Like, get out there, do it. It's not an easy road. Everyone knows that. You just ask anyone; they're going to tell you it's not an easy road. But it was the, it's the right one. I would say if you're in the midst of it, one of the hardest places we walked um, was we were waiting to see if we we're going to get to adopt him. We had had him a couple of years. He'd kind of, I mean, he was family at this point, and it looked like he was going home. The CPS workers had said, "Have him packed up and ready to go." I mean, we're mm. 19 months into this, and we're uh. devastated. Also, knowing where he would go would would be rough. And so I remember going and walking our neighborhood over to this bridge and um, just kind of getting quiet. And I was staying on this bridge in my neighborhood, weirdly enough, crying. I'm like, "Hmm, this is odd. But um, and I felt like the Lord just said, like, you need to walk down by that creek. And there's a little creek under there. So I walked down there. And all of a sudden, I remembered the Israelites and how they would always like when they crossed dry land, they would get stones and they would build Mm -hmm. altars. Right. So they'd never forget what God had done. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I felt like the Lord was like, you need to stack some stones. And so I literally have never done this before or after. I picked up a stone for when my husband nearly died from meningitis, but he's okay And I picked up a couple stones for healthy kids And I picked up a stone for a time we needed a new job and we got it And I started stacking them and I realized something in that moment It wasn't stones that kept me from the hard, right? but it was stones of his faithfulness. Mm. And that's my encouragement. If you are in foster care, this is the key. I think we've got to know that God is not a remove the hardship kind of God all the time. Typically, he's not. He's a remember who I am, God. And if he's the same yesterday and today and forever, you can trust him. And sometimes you just need to stack some stones and remember he's been faithful in the past. He'll be faithful in the present because that's who he is. That's his nature. And so I go back to that a lot. I go back to the times where he's been faithful. And I have to remind myself, I've got one right now that we still, my youngest, we cannot get him reading. And I have to be like, okay, if the Lord got him from where he was to our home, he's going to be able to manage this. And so my encouragement for you is just like, if you're in the midst of foster care or whatever's hard, like, Have a long memory of who God is. Mm, Mm. A long
1: memory. I love that.
0: Gosh, and I love, I know, I'm I'm thinking as you're talking, like, I want to remember what you just said. That was so Mm. profound. Like, he's not a remove the heart. He's a remember who I am. Mm. God, that's beautiful.
2: Thank you you for that.
0: Well, in this season, we're talking about the ages and stages of development on the podcast. Okay. And would love to ask you what has been one of your favorite stages so far and why?
1: Okay, I love
2: the teenage years. Does anybody say this?
1: We love that you're saying it.
2: I love... The teenage years, mm. and you know why I love them. They, I mean, bless their hearts. I mean, I've got a 16-year-old right now, and then I have one that just turned 20. But I mean, they're weird and squirrely, and at times disrespectful. Everything you're like, I mean, what did my husband do wrong raising him? Surely, I, <laughs> surely it wasn't me, right? But especially, and I'm gonna take a step further. Having just taught my second one to drive, he just turned 16. Mm. I mean, there's nothing like it. Like these kids, I'll tell you what. Like I'm, I'm, I'm with this kid, I'm trying to teach him to drive, and you get on the freeway, and he's going like 20, and you're. You're like bro, you got to go faster, and then you get in your neighborhood, and he's going like sixty, <laughs> and I'm like, what? Um, what's going on? And then like you yell like you've got to yield, and and you know what you get from a six year old? Your mama's got to yield. No. that's what I got. Literally <laughs> no. got Mama has got to yield. I'm like, you have got to be <laughs> kidding me. But here's here's what I think I love the teenage years. It kind of goes back a little bit to what I said earlier. It's a perspective situation, I think mm. for me, because you're able to realize like when my daughter went to college, I went and opened her baby book, by the way, there's nothing in it. I thought I was like that uh, great scrapbook mom. Apparently I'm not. But then I did her baby book and scrapbook and I went through it And as I was flipping through the pages of it. And this is why I love teenagers. You can look back and I can be like, oh, my gosh, I remember like I was crazy. I had my husband stand out all night to wait to get us in that, air quote, the right preschool. And that was a big deal. Oh, that was a big deal to me. And, and big deal, public school, private school. Big deal, did we make this team? Big deal, we in the right friend group. Junior high, big deal, you know, where, did we make the play? High school, even college, did we get the right school? Do we have the right ACT score? Well, you know what? Like, now you know, you can look back. I flipped through that scrapbook and I'm like, you know what? The big things weren't the big things. It's the small things that were the big things. Mm. The small things are the ones that matter. Those are the places where the DNA of your family is developed. And I am so grateful now because I can see their personalities. I can see what God's been crafting in them. And I can see that all those things that I thought were the huge big things. They weren't. And the times that we just drove back and forth to carpool and just had real conversations, those mattered. The times when my kids weren't invited, like felt like the only kid that didn't get invited to the Friday night party, like those were the moments where we grew together, where they knew God better because of it. And I'm just so grateful for that. So I would say that's been, uh, that's what I love about the teenage years is the perspective of it and being able to see what really matters. They're still crazy though. Try, you know, trying
1: to teach people to drive. You're about to meet Jesus. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. What would you say thinking back has been the most challenging? I think for
2: me, I love a baby. By the way, I love a good baby. But I think for me, the younger years were really hard. And I think the younger years were hard. And it might be a little of the control freak in me, you guys. But I think they were hard for me because I couldn't see how it was going to turn out. I didn't. I didn't know. I. I, I was just like. I was majoring on the minors almost, you know what I'm saying? And that was really hard for me. I have this friend, Kimberly, who um, when her kids were five and three, one morning, like she felt like the Lord was just saying, teach them to call 911, teach them how. And she was like, well, now this isn't good. Because you guys know, like you teach a little one how to t- call 911. You could take a shower and the paramedics are waiting for you when <laughs> right. you get out, right? Like, <laughs> you don't know. And so she, she kind of went about her day and the Lord like kept laying on her heart. Teach them. So she went in and got a whiteboard and she wrote 911, got her cell phone, showed this little ones, little girls, how to do this. Said, This, you know, this are the questions I'll probably ask you. Here's how you answer. Do you know your address? And we do open the door for strangers if it's the parent, you know, went through the whole thing. Couple hours later, she had a seizure, her first yeah. one ever, okay. a massive seizure. Wow. And her five-year-old ran back to the game room found that whiteboard, brought it back with the little sister. They got the phone. They called 911. The paramedics came. My friend's doing fine now. But I tell you this because I think this is the thing about parenting. Like, you've got a whiteboard you are riding with your parenting journey. And like, you have this opportunity to get in front of the Lord and say, what do you want this to say? What do you need me to be about? And what's hard about it is sometimes it makes sense in the moment, but most of the time it doesn't, and just like Kimberly's, like, why am I teaching these kids to do this right now? She didn't understand. Her kids surely didn't understand what this exercise was. But the Lord had a plan, and I think when I ta- when I think of challenging and parenting, I think that's it. I think the Lord is trying to write a story through our lives and through the lives of our kids, and giving us critical life saving information. We just don't exactly know what to do with it. And I think that's why the younger years have been harder for me, just trying to ci- decipher through that and be like, gosh, the culture's all doing this. The world's all doing this. The world's telling me that good moms, air quote, good moms do it this way. And I'm trying to figure out what does a godly mom do?
0: Mm. Love that. Great. What would you say is some of the best parenting advice you've been given?
2: Yeah. Okay, the, the quick one is that um, my mom always says, if you're going to laugh about it in a year, laugh now, mm. which I think is great That's advice great because how, advice. how many things, yeah. right? You're like, I'm going to laugh someday. I'm going to laugh now. But I think for me, um, it's good parenting advice, but it's also the biggest lie I've believed in parenting is probably that we're defined by the success and failures of our kids. And I think that is such a heavy burden for our kids to carry. You guys know this more than anyone. When we're trying to let the success and failures of our kids define us, it it's I mean, I think it's crippling for them. And the thing is, is who gets to decide what's a success, right? Like the world's definition of success, like are the things that are measurable. And so you think about success, like I know, like if you send a kid to college, you know what the world calls successful. You need good grades every single class. You need to be able to do all these things, play the trumpet, be the president of the club, like all the things that are measurable. How fast can you run around the track? But then the other thing, you guys, is what God would say if success would be the things the most God-honoring are not measurable. You know, like take yourself off the text string. That's not nice. Picking a different friend group because they're making bad decisions, sitting by someone in the cafeteria. And so who gets to decide success? Like, are we lining that up with what the Lord calls success? I think the other thing is failures. I think we can't allow ourselves to be defined by these success and failures because we don't know what's a failure in the moment. My son, Brett, the same one, I'm kind of picky on him today, but the same one that um, had the reading issues years ago, he was in high school and was playing football last year. And this was the year he was going to get to play a lot. And they just, he didn't get put in, didn't get put in. The end of the season, I mean, we all felt like this was a failure. I mean, nobody was articulating it, but it was clear. And um, we went to the football banquet and they're just handing out all the awards to all the kids that were amazing. I'm glad they were amazing, but. I was like, oh, this is hard for him and all of us. But the very last award, the coach called up my son. And I'm like, got the wrong kid, coach. He wasn't playing. And he started talking talk the scout team. And, you know, the scout team, he didn't say it this way. I am. But the scout team's the one that gets the real team ready, right? Yeah. They're the ones that take the same hard hits. They spend the same amount of time. And they do all the lifting and all that. But they're not out there on Friday night. They're getting the real team ready. And he named my son the VIP of the scout team. Yeah. And I realized something in that moment. Like, this is... This is the parenting advice I kind of got from this football situation was that, like, he took a perceived failure and he named it a success. Mm. And as parents, we've got to be in the business of taking perceived failures and naming them a success where we can, Mm. because we don't know what the Lord's going to do with it. But we do know that all things are for his good right? Our good, His glory, really. And so, like, we need to be the parents that are out there naming Scout Team for our kids, and we're taking the places that may look like a failure, and we're trusting God to make Him a success, whatever success looks like to the Lord, not to culture or to us. Mm. And we need to be doing that for other kids. Like, I think we need to be looking around. The kids are struggling, kids that are learning differences, or they're having whatever their issues are, emotional difficulties, whatever it is, and be like, you know what, I'm going to start naming Scout Team for you, and I'm going to start naming some
1: perceived failures, some some successes. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I keep circling back around to, I just am so grateful for your perspective and the perspective that every parent is getting who's listening, grandparent, aunt, uncle, anybody. I mean, just, and your, I mean, your humor, but your, the the years that you've been doing this, I mean, I just, God well, obviously has you for such a time as this with well, this book coming out to gosh. be able to speak to. Thank you. Yeah, thank everybody you. is. I'm not sure my first-grader's teacher feels the same way, but thank you, sis.
2: <laughs> if you could call her later and explain, <laughs> we're
1: failing on site. You happy too.
0: <laughs>
1: happy too. Will you tell folks where they can find you? yes and it's Cynthia Yanoff
2: and um, that's my social
1: spell uh, Yanoff for them yeah
2: you guys Y-A-N-O-F that's okay. my social that's my website um, yeah so anywhere Cynthia Yanoff is where you can find me my podcast is called Mesmerized has two S's mess because um, we talk a lot about just keeping it real like life is mm. messy God mm. is good like the book podcast so I'd love for you to check out Mesmerized um, Cynthia Yanoff thank you for asking
0: mm. yes absolutely Okay, we like to end with something fun and okay. food related.
2: Oh, y'all are my people. <laughs> you are my people.
0: Yes. We've got a two part question. Okay, let's go. So part one, queso or guac. Part two, what's your favorite kind of taco?
2: Okay. Now I need to know something. Do you ask every guest those those two questions? Yes. It's okay, it's that specific food. Yes. I love that about you because like <laughs> is there any other food?
1: No, right. No. No. Okay. good. Not.
2: Okay. I don't want to be that person, but are we okay with the queso that has guac in it?
1: Uh, We just had it. We just had it it in Austin, Bob Armstrong.
2: Yes. Okay, because I'm a Texas girl, so that's, I don't know if I can pick, but I pick the queso with the guac in it. And
0: And we pick you for that reason. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week.
2: Okay, and then taco. I'm from Texas, so I have to say brisket taco because we're Mm. very serious. Very serious about our meat. Yes. And so I would say brisket taco, but yeah. Am I allowed to ask y'all real quick? What's your taco?
1: I mean, I got to do a really fun trip to Mexico not long ago, and so oh. I had some great fish tacos. So right uh, now I'm probably on tacos. a little bit of a fish taco. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm never to wrong to be on
0: a fish taco. No. No. Uh-huh.
1: What would you say, David?
0: I would say, so currently... We have a place in Nashville called Lady Bird Taco. Their yes. slogan is a little Texas in Tennessee. It is the closest we can get to the magic happening in Texas. And I love, to your pick, a brisket taco that I add some scrambled eggs to for breakfast.
2: I see no problem with that. <laughs> I mean, Thank why would you put an that. egg on that? <clears throat> it's
0: fantastic. So that's their lunch taco, but I turn it into breakfast and it's magical
2: yeah yeah I love some Tex-Mex I'm not gonna lie and I grew up in El Paso it's on the border oh wow you know Texas you in real, real I grew up with like stuff. real Mexican you did. Food. you did but I like Texas. Tex-Mex too so uh,
1: y'all
2: you are know, the best I love ending on food you are a delight thank yes, you for spending you time are. with us thanks for having me you guys I'm it's the, there's, so
0: fun to be with you
2: I don't think there's a bigger fan I mean everybody says that I know but I'm not sure y'all have bigger fans than me Cynthia wow. from the, the stalker from Dallas no, who loves you too no we're crazy
1: about you we are indeed for having me.
0: Thanks for being here.
1: If you are enjoying the Raising Boys and Girls podcast, click follow on your podcast listening app to subscribe and not miss an episode.
0: Join us next time for another episode where we'll bring you help and hope on your journey of raising boys and girls.